Today's episode is sponsored by Upcircle, the pioneers of by-product beauty. They elevate leftover natural ingredients, bringing them back to life as multi-award winning skincare products. You might remember I mentioned them in an earlier episode, and that's because I genuinely love their stuff. Each product has a core repurposed ingredient. For example, their coffee scrubs are made with top quality coffee grounds rescued from London cafes. And today they've rescued over 350 tons of coffee. Wow. Other ingredients rescued by UpCircle include olive stones from the olive oil industry, which are then used in their face masks and chai spices repurposed from the production of tea, which are found in their soaps. So as you can imagine, they smell heavenly. And it's not just their ingredients that are circular, but their packaging is too. Every product is 100% recyclable and can be refilled for a discount. Products are suitable for all ages and skin types and they're organic, vegan, cruelty-free and palm oil-free. What more could you possibly want? How about 15% off? Use code <laughs> BOOKRECOS for just that at upcircleseeking.com. Chronological order. Let's go. Freckles hits like with the synop. Do it. Um, drop the synop. What happened to that? I was really vibing that. I'll bring it back later in the episode, I promise. Thank you very much. <laughs> okay, we're starting today with Freckles by Cecilia Ahern. And she is the author who brought us P.S. I Love You. And I have to say, it's one of my faves. Oh, is it? I didn't Movie know that about and you. Movies and books. Just bloody love them both. So this, this particular book, Freckles, is about Allegra Bird, who has moved to Dublin, where she becomes a parking warden with a mission. But a single encounter leads her to ask the question she's been avoiding for so long. Who are the people who made her the way she is? The book is called Freckles, as we've said, um, and that's because it's Allegra's nickname as she has lots of freckles. And the book begins with her at boarding school, joining all of the dots on her body into constellations. Mm. Um, And she does take that to the extreme where it becomes self-harm. But straight away, I remembered me and you joining (laughs) all of my freckles and moles because I've got lots of them like all over my back and all over my body. Do you remember (laughs) doing that with a biro? I also remembered this whilst reading (laughs) the opening. Um, And I also remember one time that we decided to count the number of freckles and moles that you had on your body. Yeah. We really know how to have fun, don't we? We, I mean, disclaimer, we were like maybe 10 years old. We were definitely at high school. (laughs) Were we? Oh my God, actually, when we, when we, yeah, decided to just count them, we were in like a history class or something. No, Lauren, we were in your bedroom because I was down to my pants and bra because they're everywhere. 
I remember telling my boyfriend about it and he was like, sorry, what? And I was like, obviously, it's Lauren. <laughs> oh, my God. Okay, clearly blanked that part of the memory out. Clearly so traumatised by all my friends. <laughs> Do you remember how many you still have? I feel like it was 70 at the time, but I also feel like now that I'm such an old lady, I've got more, you know, like witches do. <laughs> anyway, so let's get back to it. I have a fun fact about this book that I want to share oh, with everyone. I want to know. So we were lucky enough to be given free access to the September virtual events run by Henry Literary Festival. And they interviewed Cecilia in the first one. And she said that her brother, so first fun fact, her brother-in-law is Nikki from Westlife. Very fun to know. Wow. Second fun fact that he is the person who first said the expression to her that you are like made up of the five people you spend the most time with. Mm. And she clung onto that idea for like five years and she had created Allegra as a character in her head. And then the two came together and she said she had the bones of the story like almost immediately. How cool. Oh my God, that's so cool. So cool. We do love Westlife as well. We do uh, love uh, Westlife. Might have to go and listen to some of their, their bangers after this. Yeah. I um, thought Allegra's take on five people was really interesting actually because she clearly like wants to improve herself and also perhaps expand her social circle but she decides to like seek out people she would want in her list of five so she starts like writing letters to each of the people that she'd want in her group of five which was Amal Clooney I can't remember oh uh, one was like like a local MP um, and there's a sports person god we're bad at names but they're they're all from different walks of life yeah um so she like kind of missed the mark that it's meant to be people that are already in your life and like you're then your personality then sort of becomes an amalgamation of those five people um but I did think that was quite sweet yeah I I was like oh bless her she's got the wrong end of the stick she's writing letters to strangers (laughs) um but uh I have a final question for you going off of Allegra's version of the five mm. people you idolize, who would who would be who would you want your personality to be personality to be like based oh. off of if you could choose five people? Okay. So I'm pretty sure. Okay. Right, mine is probably gonna have a theme to it. I would definitely go Ellen Pompeo, who is Meredith Gray in Grey's Anatomy. I think she's just such a boss on screen and off screen. She's just fucking brilliant. She's like the most paid uh woman on in hollywood or on tv uh shonda rhimes who created that incredible series she is also the most amazing woman like if you ever get to hear her talk or listen to her book actually year of yes is one is like such a life-changing book um i might throw in georgia toth jess because she's but the just wardrobe. For the wardrobe and for the lull jokes. Like I'm mm-hmm. here for the bants. And the makeup. Um, and the makeup. Yeah, just all of it. Um, two more. Two more. It's good It's good exercise to do. I mean, I, I really like uh, this poet called Cleo Wade. Um, poet? Yeah, she's like, she's like a poet, but more like spoken word poetry. 
Um, and I, yeah, I think she's quite cool. She does a lot around, she's based in the US, a lot around like advocating for human rights and like justice, social justice in America. Sounds and ideal. And on that vein, yes. And on that vein as well would be Sophia Bush, who is ex One Tree Hill, used to be on One Tree Hill. But again, similar, she's like she's a massive activist, um, big on activating for social justice campaigns. And in fact, all of these people are maybe not George George Atoff. You um, don't know. <laughs> I'm sure there's some causes that's a very dear to her heart. She just doesn't put on Instagram. Um, right. But yeah. I think that was actually fairly easy. Do you know who yours would be? Yes, obviously, because I was going to ask you and I was like, I'm assuming she's going to ask <laughs> me back. And if she's not, I'm going to tell her anyway. I feel like maybe mine aren't as good as yours. I mean, obviously, I've started off excellently. It's obviously going to be Michelle Obama. I don't even need to go into Oh, my life. God, yes. Yeah. Secondly, yeah, trick there. Yeah. Secondly, Reese Witherspoon. I probably don't need to go into why, but oh, okay. I might sacrifice. I might have to. No, she's mine. Mine out. No, sorry, she's mine. Can mine. we not have I've decided. Can we combine no. our five? Can we have ten between us? That would be so fucking cool, wouldn't it? Good one. Okay. Okay. I'll share Reese. Um, but you know, we do both have the same big chin, so I feel like we're already there. Um, <laughs> next one is Wilma Rudolph. Lauren, I'm assuming you're going to know who she is because in year seven, I gave such an excellent ten minute talk about her. Do you remember? Oh dear, that's a no. But Wilma Rudolph, she's um, she was a really sick child, and she was told that she was never going to be able to walk again. And then she went on to be the first American woman to win three gold medals in track and field at the same oh Olympic Games. So wow. that tenacity—that's something I need because I currently don't have it. Um. So obviously her, we've, we've been besties since year seven. <laughs> since day um, dot. Yeah. And then obviously Chris Jenner, because who Thanks. doesn't want a Chris Jenner in their life? Oh my God, I've been up all the time. <laughs> I, I mean, I already have one. My mum is a massive Chris Jenner. She is. She'll pimp me out for anything, but I want the real one. And then I thought I'm going to go Noel Fielding because again... <gasps> Loved him since yeah, the Maggie you Bush do days. Love him a lot. And then I saw him on this like bake off last week and I was like, God, his hair looks so good. Oh, he's dressed so great. He's so funny and kind and great. Noel is in my five. That's funny. Is it? You <laughs> sound really bored by that. <laughs> I'm just funny. like really interested by your five. Well, I thought they're a mix. A they're of, a mix. Yeah. Because the then that's I'll be what such you're a well rounded person. You're, yeah, you only care about human rights. <laughs> I'm sure they're all very funny too, Jessica. Very talented, very creative. Um, do you remember who my year seven inspirational talk was about? Was it like um, Florence Nightingale or something? No, it wasn't. It was, and I regret it now, obviously, but it was Lance Armstrong. I do remember now. You really loved your Livestrong band. I fucking did. And I really had a lot of respect for that guy. You should and have chosen Wilma Rudolph, a real up. athlete. <laughs> <laughs> you didn't cheat the system. No. Love oh, that. Dear. <laughs> so if you're listening, um, maybe start thinking about who your five would be. 
Yeah, it's fun. But it's also, a fun little exercise. It's a fun little exercise, but also it's totally wrong. It's supposed to be the five people you spend most time with. So we'd yeah, probably you could be do in both. each other's. You could yeah. do both. Yeah. Um, mo- moving on. <laughs> Back to the book. In oh, yes. our review that we posted, we um, mentioned that she gives off kind of Eleanor Oliphant yeah. vibes. And I think it's very easy to write a book and be like, oh, it's like Eleanor Oliphant. She's not totally, totally like her, but she's like a creature of habit and um she she enjoys simple pleasures she'd love to be a little bit more adventurous she's quite mm-hmm. blunt she's got hilarious views on the world and um just like the book in general has so many of the same components of Eleanor Oliphant in that it's funny but it's also really sad and it's also got really heartwarming yeah versions Lauren did you adore Allegra as much as me Maybe not as much as you did, but also um, I didn't ad- adore Eleanor. Oh, that's true. You didn't. Elephant as much as you did. Checks out. Um, and you know what? I think I'm I'm willing to say I got her wrong at the start of the book. I, as you said, she gives off Eleanor Elephant vibes um, in that she's quite reclusive. She's quite stuck in her ways. Mm-hmm. However... I did misjudge her because she went on to like really shock me in moments of the book. Like, um, for example, when that bit where we start to find out that she spent and um, sent spends some of her spare time as a nude model and yes. will frequently like just get it off with her students, the art students, didn't take her for somebody who would do that. Um and I also liked how she's really confrontational in her job. Um, so for background, we've already said she's a parking warding. She takes some responsibilities very seriously. And at times she can be quite bold and quite straightforward to people who abuse the rules. And Do you know what? She kind of made me want to become a parking warden. Did she? Because at times I kind of thought, do you know what? It's really nice. You're left alone for the whole day and you just got Everybody hates you and like people are so rude to you. But they shouldn't disobey the rules. <laughs> do you know what I mean? Like, I've, I've genuinely was like, do I want to become a marking warden? Um, <laughs> so I, I loved it. <laughs> I love Allegra. I find that. Well, well we, um, we, both, we already talked about this in our um, Sally Rooney, Beautiful World, Where Are You? episode. Mm. But we read this book straight after that one. And... Yeah. Um, they're both set in Ireland and neither use speech marks. Crazy. But this one is slightly easier to read because at least when a new character is talking, it's on a new line. Whereas yeah. the last book, it's just all like really long paragraphs. But because Allegra has lots of like hilarious and rude thoughts about mm-hmm. people, sometimes I was like, oh, wait, did she say that out loud? Oh, no, wait. That, yeah. that part was just to herself, but I did also really enjoy that. Yeah, that's it. a really good point. Yeah. I tabbed a line that really made me low and made me think, what's good, what's out loud at like this whole scene? Yeah. <laughs> Let me just find it. Um, I've got it posted notes. Um, <laughs> the fellas in here seem to be playing who has the most tanned, skinniest shave ankles in the room, as I noticed all the guys are wearing short trousers and no socks. <laughs> who decided we know that was a that fashion type of guy. Yeah. Lads, lads, lads. That's so funny. Um, She does have some really classic one-liners. I can't think of many off the top of my head now. But um, I do just like the way she 
um, judged people and made yeah. me feel less guilty about judging her. I also liked when she <laughs> created that Instagram account for herself. Oh my god! And yes. again, she got that all wrong um, by just stealing other people's photographs and passing them off as her own in order to pretend to be somebody that she's not. Um, I thought that was quite interesting and also quite indicative of how a lot of people use social media anyways. Yeah. Well, that will move us That's on to it. our next book, but I wanted it will. to just talk about the ending before we do so, because okay. I cried <laughs> in a good way. Oh, did but, you? Yeah, I was like, oh, oh. <laughs> and then I'm... I read the acknowledgments as I always do. I think I've, I think we actually talked Ooh. about that in maybe the book bar episode. I feel like I was in book bar when I talked about it with you. Um, God, your memory but I... <laughs> never fails to amaze me. <laughs> Apart from you didn't remember, I did. I spoke about Lance Armstrong. I blanked that from my memory on your behalf, Lauren. Thank you. Thank you. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, read the acknowledgments. I was like, these ones are going to be so good ones because she's obviously going to list her five. <laughs> and I can't wait. And she didn't. I just like, oh, I missed opportunity. As in like, thank you to my five. Yeah. yeah. Like I thought she was going to be like, here they are in case you're yeah. wondering. Or even yeah. if she, I would have also even nice opportunity if she put, to like thank them. Yeah. But I wouldn't have yeah. minded if she'd put like Allegra's version and she'd like written her five heroes. Like missed up. Do you know, slide into her DMs and let her know she missed her. She missed her chance of there. I mean, that's a bit sad. I'll be like, <laughs> you missed it in your acknowledgements, but I'll take it here in a DM. <laughs> Let me know. We'll Not mention that I know it on our five. podcast for you. <laughs> oh, right. So back to social media mm. and on to the next book. I'm sorry I wouldn't let you use that as an actual segue, Lauren. Yeah, I was really proud of that I had to segue. talk about the acknowledgements. <laughs> but our next book was Underbelly by Anna Whitehouse, and it follows the lives of two women. Lo, a middle-class Insta-famous mum blogger, and Dylan, a single mum who's barely making ends meet. And the two meet when their kids start school and they become firm friends, forcing the two women into each other's worlds. But there are devastating consequences. This one sounds quite fluffy and quite light, but there are some content warnings in here that I think it would be helpful for people to just be mindful of and Mm, to be aware of. For example miscarriage self-harm and domestic abuse and less actually domestic abuse more like coercive control yeah um which is abusive relationships i guess just yeah in general yeah um so yeah it is pretty dark but it actually links to the description of underbelly and i didn't read this until the end but just inside the cover it's as almost like the dictionary meaning of underbelly and it says yes it's got three meanings the soft underside or abdomen of a mammal, an area vulnerable to attack or a dark hidden part of society. And they all Ooh. actually relate to the story. They do. It was a carefully chosen title they, and character. They did very well. Yeah. I really enjoyed this book. There were moments though that were quite graphic and I'm super, super queasy. Like anything about doctors, I and just like I know too much info on bodily fluids I can get a bit lightheaded <laughs> and at the beginning there's a scene um, where she writes quite graphically about her experience of having a miscarriage and I think it was really important that was that 
you know, she described how emotionally she felt when having a a miscarriage, but the visceral side of describing what it looked like, I personally don't think it served the plot. Um, I thought, I thought it was just a little bit too much. And for somebody who has maybe gone through a miscarriage, that could be really uncomfortable for them to read and sort of give them sort of, PTSD almost of yeah like make them remembering that reliving that experience Mm. yeah um but aside from that I think the dialogue she opens around like the just how distressing miscarriages can be emotionally both for a woman and in a couple I thought was so important and incredible that she's sort of allowing a space for those conversations to happen Um, And even regardless of what point in your pregnancy you have a miscarriage, um, it's traumatic. Yeah, absolutely. And that's why I think this one really needs a content warning, because if you if you're not, I mean, not that you should ever be over a miscarriage if you haven't, but especially if you've recently still really raw. Yeah. Like hold off, come back to this book when you feel ready to do so. Um, And like that, the ending is also like really hard to read as well, but. I'm saying all these things but on the whole I read it so quickly <laughs> like it's really readable I read it in a day and I read it in two sessions I, I had it was a day where I had to go into the office gross I prefer work from <laughs> home life and I read the first half on the commute in and the second half on the commute out and by the time oh I got God. home I finished the book <laughs> that just, is it was just so impressive. easy to just like turn the pages and take it all in and get all the dialogue like I just yeah yeah it's like whizzing through it I like surprised and get a paper cut (laughs) (laughs) I think one of the parts of what made it so digestible and easy to read and quick to read is the dual narrative and I think that's perhaps why we both love dual narratives so much we've said it time and time again on this podcast because it does give a book a bit of an added pace I think 100% and you know something to switch in and out of um it almost acts as a bit of distraction love seeing different people's side of the same story and how they react to it different or interpret the same scenario differently one woman low was quite is quite upper class she's a social media influencer and um, gets a lot handed to her for free whereas the other woman Dylan is um, working class she's a single mom she's struggling to make ends meet like and really it starts with her not able to pay for her like three pound shopping at the supermarket yeah yeah exactly because and I really enjoyed actually having reading a book that was not just the perspective of um, one type of woman it felt and the fact that these two women then formed a friendship and that friendship gets gets quite um, fractured the more the book goes on. I thought that was really interesting. Yeah, definitely. I liked how they like first met. So you hear that like Lo is walking somewhere and she's like, oh, and I bumped into someone. And then like you you go to the other one and Dylan's like, oh, that rude woman just bumped into, <laughs> into me. I was like, oh, that's so cool. Um, but what like massively <laughs> shone through in this mm. book is that the job of influencer is just not taken seriously in society. Like in, in this mm-hmm. instant, even Lowe's husband, 
doesn't take her seriously even yeah. though like some of her deals bring in like thousands in one go he's like oh she's like gets these things for free or whatever and it's like yeah you're eating that food thanks yeah um, and she's like being on her phone all the time is really frowned upon but that's her job and if she went and worked nine to five at a desk all day she wouldn't be frowned upon for doing that but because she happens to be no. on her phone in the evening or like has to quickly take a picture to post at yeah 7 p.m or whatever whatever the time was that's frowned upon but like that's yeah. how she makes her money and it is a very real job and it's not an, it's not an easy one it's really it's not unreliable you, see, you don't know you when that in this money. book as well yeah yeah you like you're putting yourself out there and that's not always a good thing like I so think I as thought, a society we have a issue with people who don't have nine to five jobs and we look down on people who don't have nine to five jobs maybe it's like a you know a snooty jealousy thing even that somebody can work the hours that they choose to work and not be chained to a desk all day um but as well I think it is a women's issue because you know influencers are typically women on Instagram um and you know women how women make their money and female empowerment around money is always a contentious issue so I'm not surprised that it then gets bucketed into this conversation of like people look down on influencers and in their marriage when a woman makes more money like in this instance than the man yeah yeah I think you're right I think it opened a lot I just get it gave me a lot of questions um and I like that. I like a book that challenges me. Like, not, uh, I don't think every book should just be like a really easy, sweet read. And as you say, there are lots of moments in this book, beginning, middle, and end, where I felt challenged with by my own perspectives and um, the conversations and topics that they bring up. Yeah, it was really. Was- yeah, it shows the a few of the great sides of social media. Yeah. But then it really does show the worst of it as yes. well. Yeah. It's a roller coaster. <laughs> it is. You're in for a ride. Yeah. I um didn't clock Jess that Anna Whitehouse was well was a well-known influencer, actually. She's Mother Pucker. You brought mm-hmm. that to my attention. Um, and it made me think that perhaps this could be a little bit biographical, or at least, or at the very least, she was able to bring some of her own experiences into this yeah, narrative. Have. I mean, I can't take full credit because I only realised it was written by Mother Pucker once I finished it. Um, <laughs> but then I'm kind of glad I did because, as you just said, with it being a bit biographical, I probably would have read the whole thing, like picturing her and assuming that it was about her life. Kind of like, mm-hmm. you know, when we read Ghosts by Dolly Alderton yes. and we were like, we just thought that the character of Nina was Dolly. Like, I'm, I'm glad yeah. I didn't know till afterwards. Otherwise, I'd have been like, Mother Pucker's doing this. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And even like we discussed it in Sally Rooney's new book, where the, author, where the protagonist yes. is an author, people just automatically do assume, yeah. oh, this is, ba- this is somewhat biographical. Yeah. Somewhat I feel like memoir. if I ever wrote a book, which I'm highly unlikely to do, I would have to make the main character so different so different <laughs> okay anyway any any I, last thoughts on underbelly challenging read but worth definitely worth it yeah and i would say it's a quick one if, if you're like in a slump maybe i reckon this would probably pull Ooh, you out yeah, because maybe. it's got a good pace to it maybe baby that sounds good 
Um, So I think that brings us on to our final buddy read of the month of September, which was The Song of Achilles by Madeline Miller, which has a bit of a backstory as to why we read this book. Yes. Okay. (laughs) Like a year ago, literally last September, how weird, I read um, Circe by Madeline Miller. Lauren? Don't be shocked that I've just pronounced it Circe because yes, I have been pronouncing it Cirque for the last year. <laughs> and then I thought, hang on, we're recording a podcast. I should just double check because a lot of the time and I'm, I'm an illiterate fuck. And I was, <laughs> it's pronounced Circe. So I had to really retrain myself. So oh Lauren, my God, it's so bad that you're at pronunciations. <laughs> but anyway, um, I really enjoyed Circe because it sounds really weird. Um, like really, really enjoyed it. I was like, oh, Got, got, got to read like Song of the yeah. Kings, but and it, I still didn't. <laughs> yeah, I mean, same with me. I no, I didn't read Cersei, but I was given the book from a friend. Uh, we have like a book swap club at work, and someone handed me the Song of Achilles, and she was like, "Oh my god, this book is just so bloody brilliant!" And I was like, mm, "Yeah, okay." Yeah. It's been sat gathering dust on my bookshelf. You even for a offered really it to long me. time. I know. I was like, do you want to just take it off my hands? Yeah. <laughs> and because it was around the same time that I was reading Cersei, I was like, oh my God, Lauren, I'm really enjoying this book I'm reading. And then you were like, why don't you take this? And I still didn't. And then it was only this month you were like, I think I'm probably going to read Song of Achilles this month. And I was like, <laughs> okay, immediately buying a copy because if you read it without me, I'm going to get FOMO. Yeah. <laughs> I'm a bit annoyed I didn't just wait like one week though because then they've they've brought out that really gorgeous 10th anniversary edition and I obviously would have bought that do you know what I'm tempted to 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 get it anyways because oh because that's my copy copy is lent so I'm gonna have to give it back and I do actually want to have a copy of this book um which kind of brings us on should we talk about the book Jess I guess should we we talk around it (laughs) (laughs) we probably should Lauren oh yeah I know you've been excited for this yeah. Drop the synop. With pleasure. <laughs> um, so it's about an awkward young prince called Patroclus. I googled it. You're correct. It's Patroclus. Right? Yeah. Thank you very much. And he uh, gets exiled from the father from his like kingdom and has to join another king's court. And when he arrives, he becomes really close friends with the king's son called Achilles. And it sort of follows their lives together. And as they grow into young men, their bond blossoms into something much deeper. But to the dismay of Achilles' mother, the sea goddess Thetis, who really doesn't like their relationship together. And when Achilles is sent to war in Troy to fulfill his destiny, Patroclus is torn between love and fear for his friend. And he ends up going with him. Can I just say, Madeline mm-hmm. Miller, well done. You wrote a very good blurb. It is exactly what the story is. No deceit up front, nope. but doesn't give anything away. Well yeah. done. Kudos. <laughs> anyway. Um, you did good. Yeah, yeah. It's really oh, such a gorgeous book. And like Cersei, it took me a few pages to get into, but like really only 10. And then I was hooked yeah, And I thought that since this was your first Madeline Miller, Lauren, um, yeah. like I'm very keen to know how Curious. you got on with it. And I mean, yeah. 
correct me if I'm wrong, but we're both novices in the Greek mythology department, I'd say. Mm. Well, I did actually study Greek um, literature at uni for... Oh, you kept that quiet? Um, yeah, because I fucking hated it, mate. Oh, I okay. really didn't like it. Studied like the back eye and I just hated it. Like I just found it too... Yeah, I just don't really like fantasy. For example, like Game of Thrones. I've never gotten into Game of Thrones, much to the dismay of like literally everybody in my life because they're like, but oh I, no, honestly, it's really Yeah, really I can like, vibe with fantasy and Game of Thrones was still shit, so I wouldn't worry too much about that. <laughs> but like every fantasy book I've read like or any series, I've yeah. really enjoyed, but it's still like Siri thinks I've summoned. Hi, Siri. Um, mm-hmm. Oh shit, now mine's gone off. <laughs> Just because I said that to you. Don't say it again. Listen anyway, to us. I, everyone I've read, I've really enjoyed, but it's still not a, a genre I go to. Yeah, I mean, I'll be totally honest. When I started this book, I hated it. And I was like, oh, I, I, I might actually pull out this buddy read because it just had all the classic things that I don't like about Greek mythology it had like a gazillion characters names that I needed to remember on the first page or the first two pages and I just felt a bit overwhelmed by it all mm. um I was I'm thinking glad about I persevered you because when it got to page 50 that was the point because I was like okay I'm just gonna sit and read 50 pages in my first sitting because after 10 I was like oh not sure about this after 20 I was like oh maybe not and I was like no I'm gonna persevere I'm gonna get to 50 and then see how I get to 50 and then when I got to 50 pages I was like I actually want to read a little bit more because I I was already hurt I wanted to learn a little bit more um and then like you said Jess I read it so quickly not as quickly as probably you have done because I read a lot slower than you anyways but I think it took me three days to read it which mm. for me is amazing it's like 350 page book so what it's like just over 100 pages a day which um is a good sign yeah of a good well, I was read thinking about you because so I feel like when I um like in this book they use words like nymph and divine and I felt I knew what those words meant because I'd read Cersei mm. and I was thinking oh, I wonder if Lauren will know what these means because they aren't really as explained no, as in they're not actually Cersei which is kind of weird because this is Song of Achilles was her first book so yeah. I wondered why she didn't like go into well, as much detail in it I I probably knew just because I have had a background in learning a lot around Greek Good, writing um, and but I found it really interesting, actually. I'm going to read the opening. Well, just like the first um, introduction in the book has a bit of a background on who Madeline Miller is. So she's got a BA and an MA from Brown University in Latin and ancient Greek. No big deal. And she's been teaching both for the past nine years. She also studied at the Yale School of Drama, specializing in in adapting classical tales to, to a modern audience. And The Song of Achilles is her first novel. I mean, what a and first novel. What a first novel it is. Yeah. Like, could you imagine, like, 10 years' time, people are, 10 years later, people are still raving about it. Yeah. It won the women's prize. And rightly so. It is bloody brilliant. Yeah, so good. She's just so talented. And, like, one of the, 
like I mean her writing just feels so like lyrical and poetic yeah. and descriptive and like so paced but yeah. also the story is like so full of action but they also are a little bit steamy like in both of her oh books. my god yes they're a bit steamy but she does it really cleverly because she doesn't ever like really explicitly say body parts or like what's really You're going so on so right none of it makes felt sense. Because if she, yeah, if she did suddenly use the word like cock, I'd be like, whoa, <laughs> Maddie. Also, we're like, did they have the word cock in Greek times? Like, maybe she didn't use it because she was like, I actually don't know what they called these things. <laughs> <laughs> I feel like from the description you just read about her, she probably knew what they called Yeah, it. yeah. It so obviously I'm, just like didn't work with justice. the way that she was like writing. Decides to write. Yeah, I do quite find that. I do find it interesting in books when um, they don't mention body parts I like but they, like this one was just so whimsical I'm kind of glad that yeah she- I'm I'm I totally agree with you um and at the beginning of the book when I wasn't vibing it I was picturing the whole thing as cartoon, cartoon. um well, hang on what mix- kind of cartoon is it like Pixar so, or was it like Flintstones like what's the vibe? it was a mix between Hercules and the Little Mermaid that is how it was Hercules yeah um in fact I think Hercules was my first like crush he is really hot isn't he um anyways that was how I pictured it but then the more into the book I got the more vivid as you say the descriptions got it then became like this really amazing action-packed film in my head and it was just like yeah it felt like watching a film yeah, I had such vivid depictions of the whole of the whole yeah. stuff. Oh, I haven't told you one of my vivid depictions. <laughs> so I've talked about how, like, you know, I did know like what the words like nymph and divine men. But there was a bit where she was talking about like this group of gods were all sat around um eating nectar and ambrosia. And I really just pictured them all like sipping ambrosia custard out of the can. <laughs> like <laughs> couldn't get that picture out of my head. <laughs> That's so funny that your brain went there. I didn't even make that connection. I st- I don't know what ambrosia is. So I don't even still. like custard. No, I still don't know what ambrosia is apart from custard in a can. The worst so kind. Funny. But yeah, that's all I can picture. Like all of them in a field, all naked, but with their cans of ambrosia. <laughs> oh, I am... Um... I have realised that I keep talking about Cersei and I haven't even like dropped a snop or yeah, really gone on. into much detail. So should I just do that? Yeah, go for it. Okay. I got my um, synopsis that I wrote at the time of my review a year ago. Um, so Cersei is daughter of, oh, I haven't Googled a lot of these names. <laughs> <laughs> We're going to give it a stab. Give me your best shot. Isn't it so weird that you can just read a whole book not really knowing how to pronounce how something? How to pronounce their name, yeah. You just, just glaze over the words. Yeah, love okay. it. Cersei, daughter of Helios, god of the sun, is not like other nymphs, but she soon finds her own dark power, witchcraft. When Cersei's gifts threatens the gods, she is banished and she spends her days there mostly alone with passing guests every so often. But one visitor in particular will change everything. And it is very similar to Song of Achilles in that it like spans loads of years and it feels really slow paced, but it's really drama filled and like action packed. And I feel like more than Song of Achilles, Cersei is a really good starter book for Greek mythology because it kind of goes like it has so many different characters in it that you'll kind of get an understanding of lots of the gods and like the 
different families right. and the overall hierarchy. Yeah. And so even though she wrote Song of Achilles first, if you haven't read either, I'd go Cersei and then Song of Achilles. Yeah. Okay, interesting. Yeah. Um, and mm. Cersei kind of links me back to Allegra Bird from Freckles because I really enjoyed her as a character. I think that's why I like the book so much because okay. she she's honest she's upfront, and she's really like nonplussed about status and yeah I think that's like quite a recurring theme in characters that I love mm. which did you prefer Cersei or the Song of Achilles mm, that is such a good question I think, what rating did you give Cersei yeah well I think Song of Achilles because Cersei was a four and uh, okay yeah but maybe it's I now think... because I'm more of a Greek mythology expert you can give Madeline Miller a run for her money. Obviously, I can't even pronounce <laughs> the names, but I'll give it a stack. <laughs> that kind of brings us nicely on to this next bit. So on the day that we posted our review of Song of Achilles, we asked on Instagram if anyone had any questions about this book or just buddy reading in general. And there were quite a few about whether you needed prior knowledge of Greek mythology to enjoy the book. And so actually... What you've just said there is perfect. And I think we together are great examples that these books can be enjoyed without being a super fan, without even really giving a shit about historical fiction or fantasy, would you say? Yes. Yeah. (laughs) I think this is... Neither are my five, but I loved it. And it was a five star hands down. Yeah, it's a good one to like dip your toe into that pool if you're yeah. not sure. Yeah. Go in through Madeline Miller. And then I guess maybe Stephen Fry, but I haven't actually read any of his ones, but I do now kind of want to. Like, I think yes. I'm potentially about to become a Greek mythology junkie, Lauren. So what <laughs> we'll see. Like your sci fi September junkiness. Mm. Junkiness. Just... <laughs> what the fuck? Uh, there were also um a few questions on whether it was boring because it was greek mythology and no it wasn't long hated it affirmative but madeline miller's not boring madeline miller's got you sorted so it was so exciting it really was i mean there's so much that happens yes and like i was just so invested in the prophecies and oh, I think prophecies are absolute fucking bullshit. I think we need to talk about that. I just feel like they yeah, that's say that this, this is going to happen, and then everyone is like, "Obviously, that's going to we'll happen." Like, if happen. a prophecy says you're going to die, then you're like, "Oh, kind of give up on life now because that's probably." Do you know what I mean? Yeah, a little bit. You you feel a bit redundant, don't you? Yeah, but it is exciting to read about. Yeah, exactly. I was like, yeah. oh, "Is it going to be right? Are they going to?" Who's going to die first? Rescuing slaves. Oh, yeah. The relationship in itself. The fact that they can like, hide incredible. it from a mother who's a god who actually can see anything anytime she wants. Yeah. Love it. Love. Oh, my God. Yeah. Yeah. So not, no, boring not boring at all. <laughs> okay. Um, which I, I, someone else had commented on our book, like my, uh, on our review. My daughter read this book and she said it made her feel really sad. Um, yeah, it didn't make me feel sad. Did it not? What we, if you had to like pinpoint three feelings that it did give you? What did it make you feel? Oh, good one. Um, uh, smart. I felt very Ooh. smart to be reading Greek mythology. Thank you. Despite the ambrosia situation, I felt smart for the rest of it because I understood <laughs> the story, even though it was this thing I'm not quite used to. Um, 
I don't know what the quite word is, but like, mm, that's me holding my heart wholesome. and shrugging my shoulders and smiling. But I don't yeah. think it is wholesome. I think it's just like, ah, yes, I love it. Like, I don't know, that vibe. <laughs> yeah, I kind of get what you mean. It's a quite sound and a feeling. And then also I would say, like, triumphant. Oh, that's a good one. Yeah. Okay. What about you? Mm, unlike you, I did not prepare my own answers for my first for my own question. Lauren, get your shit together. Um, I'm always going to ask you back. <laughs> um, excited. Oh, yeah. I think it's well. a good word. Yeah. Um, because there's just lots happen. I wanted to race through it. The ending, I wanted to read really slowly because I didn't want to finish it, but I also wanted to read it really quickly because mm-hmm. I wanted to know what happens. Like keeps you on your toes right to the end. Yeah. Um, I would say it did make me feel a little bit sad. Okay. Um it like follows a lot of the um, like rules that there are quite a few rules that make up the elements of a Greek tragedy. Mm-hmm. They're like the five elements that it has to follow. And in my head, I was like ticking them off when each right. of them happened. So you've got to have plot. Obviously, you've got to have character, thought, spectacle, which is like the drama, which it had a lot of and song and obviously had a lot of moments of well, it's called song of achilles song of achilles lauren i'm really proud of you for remembering your degree so well thank you very much i can't remember the fifth one though <laughs> <laughs> just sort of glazed past that okay a question that i really liked someone asked what our favorite quote from the book was oh i love being asked this question so much go what's yours oh i wonder okay. if we've got the same first um, mine is on page 33 um, and it's the bit where what's his face Proclus what's his name Patroclus Patroclus <laughs> what's his face um, just describes Achilles playing the Lear Lear I don't know how I, I read that Lauren it's one of those other ones the Lear which is an instrument we don't have anymore um, I think it's like a Lear Lear? Lear, that's the one. You're right. It's yeah. Lear. Okay. Um, and he says, <laughs> his, his fingers touched the strings and all my thoughts were displaced. The sound was pure and sweet as water, bright as lemons. It was like no music I had ever heard before. It had warmth as a, as a fire does, a texture and weight like polished ivory. It buoyed and soothed at once. A few hairs slipped forward to hang over his eyes as he played. They were fine as... Leah strings themselves and shone and I just thought that was so beautiful I that particularly liked the line bright as lemon I was about to point out the lemon thing like ever since you said the word lemon then I was like feeling zingy yes I just yeah. thought it was such a good adjective to use there yeah Loved that it. is a what lovely your... quote mine is it? mine is a bit shorter but that's like a really good example of her writing, I think. Yeah. The, the quote yeah. you just pulled out. So mine was page, it was in the, ni- yeah, 96. Um, hmm. It says, we were like gods at the drawing of the world and our joy was so bright we could see nothing else but the other. Oh, that's so beautiful. That really summarizes their relationship. Yeah. Doesn't it? Yeah. Because above all, it is their relationship that is the most beautiful thing about this book yeah and they'll just like do anything for the other they love each other so much I just find it so I love a love story I love a um 
yeah it just made me feel really warm and fuzzy that they found each other and they had each other and they both loved each other so much yeah and that uh, I think I say this quite a lot about different relationships on this podcast but like the fact that Achilles cares for Patroclus as much as Patroclus cares for yeah. Achilles even though like Achilles it was a really equal relationship yeah yeah, yeah. Oh, that's, that was a nice quote. Thanks for pulling that out. Um, so whilst we're on people's questions that we've received, we had a lot about just buddy reads in general. And a recurring theme was people asking us if we read at the exact same time and pace. And mostly we do. Yeah, like we, we don't read the like book plan. at the same time. Yeah, we'll be like, oh, I'm just, I'm going to start it this week next week we'll read it at the same time but we don't like plan out pages do we we're not like oh we're going to read up to page 150 today because we both read at very different paces Mm -hmm. and I think sometimes that can be a bit you know you need to just it's a bit forced yeah yeah as and when like you want to read um so you sort of take the sort of the homework element out of it it's yeah you know you read for pleasure you read when you want um so we don't read set pages together at um no and also sometimes like one of scales. us will be on like such a roll and the other one will be busy with work and we're not about yeah, to be like exactly i'm, I'm sorry did you get to be by the way <laughs> but um yeah like we've never even actually until right now never even had the discussion about structure or anything and like, yeah we've not have we i'm, a, I'm just... assuming it's because book records started from us just naturally body reading over the years yeah that like, is really true just been like just read this you should read it or just downloaded it for 99p on kindle you should do it as well like yeah exactly yeah another question which uh is interesting and has lots of answers is uh how we decide our buddy reads and that's a good one sometimes it'll be because we both love the same author so we'll be like oh my god Mm. so-and-so's got a new book out can't wait and it's just it's obvious obvious, that we're both gonna read it and read it or sometimes a, pub- a publisher gets in touch with us and they go, oh, they think we might like this book. And sometimes it's really clear that it's more of a Lauren book or more of a me book. Yeah. But a lot of the time we're like, oh my God, that sounds so good. And then like yeah. naturally we just both ask for a copy, you know, saying thanks. Yeah. So and it, I guess and that's, yeah. Yeah, I think when we started our reviews, we were both a bit like, oh, we can't read the same book. I don't know, I, but I feel like we've become, we've bred more and more buddy reads now than yeah. we used to at the beginning because we were like, oh, well. We also reads. kind of thought we weren't allowed to have two copies of the same book, even though we are two humans. So like if a pub, you know, if we <laughs> yeah, were getting a book true. from a publisher, we were like, okay, well, we can only get one. So Lauren, do you want to go for this or shall I? But actually, yeah, that's a good point. Being, um, like Underbelly is an example of a book where a publisher suggested it to us and we were both like, yeah, that sounds great. We'd both love that. Hell yeah. Yeah. So it yeah. basically depends. <laughs> Sometimes it's really obvious. Or like if one of us is reading it, we'll be like, I think you should, you would really like this actually. So you yeah. should get on board. Yeah. Um, another question we've had is what has your fave buddy read together been? I think mine was uh pandora sites how do we know we're doing it right yeah hands down yeah it was just so interactive because there were so many discussion points that's one of those books where i'd recommend if you're going to read it read it with a friend because that's half the beauty of the book isn't it being like oh my god like i like someone to bounce off the uh, bounce the ideas off of and if you have read it alone 
go and listen to our podcast episode about it and you can pretend to talk about it with us if that helps you're welcome you can um, always yeah, sit at our table yeah I think that's probably mine as well but then I'm yeah. What would be a run? There have been then? quite a lot of times where we've like read a thriller at the same time, or we've been like waiting for the other one to get to the plot twist, or like trying to guess it with each other, and that is always a bit enjoyable. Um, I mean, there's yeah. loads of instances of that. I think we talked about it a lot in the thrillers episode. So that is quite. They're quite fun buddy reads, but like also yeah. you can't give anything away. You're like, are you um, are you, um maybe what page are you on yet? <laughs> <laughs> but I kind of love that. Yeah, me too. You have to be really careful. Yeah. Okay. Finishing off out of these three buddy reads of September, which was your fave? Well, can we rank them? Yes, I'll allow that. Okay. Number one would be Song of Achilles. Number two would be Underbelly. Number three would be Freckles. Mm. Basically the reverse order of what we just went in. They got better throughout the month. Ah. Personally. See, I Song, Song of Achilles was number one, but I actually can't yeah. choose between Underbelly and Freckles. I think it is a hard one because they're both I, very well. Yeah. Yeah. I really loved Allegra Bird. Yeah. But I really enjoyed my like quick reading experience of Underbelly. Yeah. Like, that was so great. So I can't choose between those two. Both, both firm See you next week. We'll be here.